Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, and I am coming to you from Roswell, Georgia, where it's sunny and beautiful and cold. It's crazy. It looks like it's 70, but you go out there and it's 49. The goal of the podcast is to share topics that you will find empowering and allow you to grow not only as a confident leader, but really take your business to the next level and beyond. Today, my guest is a wonderful lady named Rochelle Marie Lawson. She is known as the queen of feeling fabulous, and I just love that. Don't we all want to feel fabulous? I just think so. Rochelle is a successful business owner, registered nurse, Ayurvedic health practitioner, which, of course, I will have to find out more about, dream lifestyle transformation facilitator, a multiple, multiple number one best-selling author on Amazon, and a two-time international best-selling author and author of four best-selling books, including Intro to Holistic Health Ayurveda Style. She's a speaker, radio show hostess, the president of Blissful Living for You, which was founded to bring wellness, wisdom, and wealth into the lives of individuals seeking holistic path to living a life of their dreams. Don't we all want to live a life of our dreams? Marie, uh, Rochelle Marie's energy, guidance, and enthusiasm, and oh my gosh, she's got a lot of enthusiasm, have helped thousands of people improve their wellness, wisdom, aka mindset, and wealth ultimately utilizing ancient holistic principles that unlock the access for transformation. She's been named one of the top 50 women-owned businesses, so top 50 women-owned businesses in Silicon Valley and creator of The Brave, the bold and unstoppable women's summit, where I met this nice lady. Her weekly podcast, The Blissful Living Show, has been strong for 10 years, and she's a guest writer for several blog publications featuring the core blogger for the Wellness Universe. And she's been quoted in the Huffington Press and featured on Fox, CBS, NBC, and several other promote, uh, prominent media. And she has spent over 25 years assisting people to achieve, elevate, sustain wellness, and wealth through wisdom to enhance power of their minds and transfer their lives with more abundance, clarity, energy, happiness, 
joy, peace, vitality, creativity, wisdom, prosperity, success, and wealth. For more information, she has a website, and it is www.blissfullivingforthenumber4u, right? So blissfullivingforyou.com. So today we're going to talk about being unstoppable and locking your dream life. Please welcome Rochelle Marie. Thank I you. know. Gosh, it sounds like, like I did a lot. Everybody's like that. needs a nap now thinking of all the things <laughs> that you've done. It's I, crazy. I, sounds like I'm about 97 years old. <laughs> I know that even makes it wilder that, that you're such a young thing doing all those things. I know only 29. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> again and again and again. Over and over and over. So this is just a fun way um, to kind of break the ice. And so that icebreaker is tell us where you're coming from today. What part of the country are you in? I am in San Antonio, Texas. Oh, Texas. You got a big belt buckle and boots and things like that. No, (laughs) No, I'm not a Texan. I'm a Californian. Ah. I'm a San Francisco, Silicon Valley, Bay Area girl. I'm a Silicon Valley as you get. I was born in Stanford and grew up in the Silicon Valley. So that's that's home. But um, right now I'm in San Antonio, Texas. Very good. Do you think you have to go back home? Um, You know what? Because I have one of my businesses is um, in Silicon Valley. I go back quite a bit. My kids, my whole entire family is in California. So um, I go, I have to go back for business reasons, but um, kind of, I will say it's kind of nice to go see everybody, but I really don't. Cause when I go, I'm working, I may see my kids. I may not. Cause they're, you know, grown, you know how that is. Yeah. Um, and uh, may see a friend or two, but then I'm, you know, I'm back to San Antonio. So, but it's nice. It breaks yeah. up monotony for sure. Yep. Different lifestyle, too. Mm-hmm. All right. So share with us. Everybody's dying to know. How did you become the queen of feeling fabulous? Huh? Oh, my gosh. So this was quite a while ago. I want to say maybe 10, I mean, 12, 13, 12 or 13 years ago. And I had a, um, was going to conferences and stuff because just, just breaking out of the mold of my first business, which is a very traditional business. And so I was going to conferences and things and meeting different ladies and, um, and everyone would always ask me, how are you feeling? And I'd be like, fabulous. I feel fabulous. I looked fabulous. So, you know, I rolled fabulous. It was just fabulous, but I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just, you know, off the cuff, how you feel fabulous. How you doing? Oh, I feel great. I'm, I'm doing fabulous. What about you? So on and so forth. And, uh, about a year and a half into that, you know, you start seeing the same people, or at least back then in the same circuit. And this particular lady actually became my mentor. Um, and she was like, you know, always, we became kind of close and we became, definitely became friends. But she would ask me, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And I would be like, I'm feeling fabulous. I'm doing great. I'm doing fabulous. And she, And one day she just said, you are the queen of feeling fabulous. <laughs> and she said, not just because you say it, 
but you look it, you walk it, you talk it, you are, when I, she goes, when I think of the word fabulous, your face comes into my mind. And so she says, you are the queen of feeling fabulous. And that's how it came to be. It just stuck after that. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to own that because I'm a queen. Didn't know what I was a queen of, but now I know feeling fabulous. So mm. yeah. And when you walk into the room, it's like, oh, everything lights up because of your fabulousness. I'm sure that's a word. Yeah. And if not, we're going to make it. That's right. We'll make it. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like for you to spend some time talking about your books. Okay. You know, that's, I think, a great way to get to know a person is to really read their books and Mm -hmm. their style and things. So tell us about your books and how that all got started. So the very first book, which is Intro to Holistic Health, Ayurveda Style, that came about um, from my very first podcast. And I can't even remember um, how the podcast, exactly the story, but the podcast came about, um, someone heard me speaking somewhere and podcasts were just like this new thing and offered me a podcast. And the show was a 30 minute show once a month. And I was ecstatic, like, oh, okay. And so I, at that time, I had a holistic spa in Northern California. So I specifically focused on Ayurveda, which is the uh, holistic principle that I utilize in wellness, wisdom, and wealth and in everything I do. And, uh, and you know what, have guests on and chat. Well, about three months in, the guys, the owner of the media company came to me and said, hey, would you like to write a book? And I'm like, well, yeah, eventually one day. And they said, well, here, we'll make it easy for you. We're going to take excerpts from your podcast and and assemble it into a working document. And then you can add and take from Mm -hmm. it. And so they did that. And when I was adding, it just wasn't working. So I actually just rewrote everything. And it's a little tiny handbook. And it was meant to be a little tiny handbag that you could keep in your purse, your backpack, your briefcase or whatever, and pull out when you just want some tips to rebalance yourself and Mm -hmm. want to do it naturally, holistically. Um, And that's how that first book came about. And it just kind of took off. And it's I still get um, residual checks from that book today. And that book is was published 11 years ago. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and then the other books have come about, like I've been in uh, a few compilation books, and one of the books, um, a compilation book, um, I always like like contribute at that moment what was from my heart, but um, and it depended on whether it was wellness or business because I'm I guess I'm I'm a business trendsetter as well. So um, the the one particular book was with Lisa Sasevich, who was my mentor, who actually gave me the name Queen of Feeling Fabulous. <laughs> so Lisa. Um, we did, we did this book and my chapter in that book got, uh, editor's choice, the editor's choice award. And, um, I was ecstatic. I mean, I was so surprised because I literally procrastinated to write that chapter, but I do that when I write and then it comes and I just kind of just you know, let it all out. And then I didn't even look at it or anything. I just had my daughter, like, can you proof it? And then she sent and she's proofed it in anyway long story short that chapter got me the editor's choice award for the book it also um allowed me it got me the book went bestseller number one bestseller in the categories it was in um i got inducted to the best-selling speaker and authors hall of fame in hollywood at the roosevelt hotel it was oh my goodness red carpet interviews to to you wouldn't believe um 
and didn't had no clue, no clue that any of this was going to happen until um, the invite came. And then I, I was awarded this, uh, this uh, 10,000, I got $10,000 for the contribution I made to the book. And I donated, I got more than that, but, but I donated $10,000 to help build a school in Africa. I just took the money and, you know, turned it over. And um, what else? Oh, the book allowed me to work on a project, movie project, where I received an Emmy, um, an Emmy Award, and um, also was interviewed on Times Square and, and, yeah, on Times Square, at the, the little marquee thing they have mm-hmm. there, yeah. Um, and from that, you know, everything, that book was just, like, great. I got this huge, um, I received a huge... I don't even know. I can't even say it's a plaque because in it is a, it's like a big picture frame and it is the hard copy of the book, the standings with the best-selling number one, my name next to it. Um, the uh, induction certificate to the best-selling speaker and author's hall of fame. It, yeah, it's beautiful. I, it probably, that thing probably costs like $500, but it's huge. It's in my office and, um, I have one in my office, and then they sent me another one. Um, I have one in my office in um, California as well. And I think, you know, that's something that people need to hear. You weren't thinking of, oh, when I grow up, I want to be an author. And and we hesitate. We we do try to put off to someday. And And you just realize someday is today, mm-hmm. and you did it. And look where it got you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. You know, it, it's funny because when I was little, I, you know what, when I was little, I didn't even dream of being an uh, entrepreneur, a business owner, let alone multiple business owner. What I wanted to be was a broadcast journalist and I wanted to be the black Connie Chung. That's <laughs> yeah. what I wanted yeah. to be. Okay. And, um, or the black Barbara Walters, you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so my first degree out of college, my first undergraduate degree when I graduated at 20 was communications, broadcast journalism. But I was told by the station that I couldn't, you know, I could do the job I had when I was in college. And I was like, I already need a degree for that. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? So here is like, had they would have said, yeah, sure. And it, I may have, you know, it may have been a different journey to write the book, but I always believe that um, our journeys are not mistakes even though sometimes we make mistakes <laughs> on our journeys, it, but they're really not mistakes, right? It, mm-hmm. What was happened was meant to happen for us to grow and go forward. And mm-hmm. so it's like, okay, you know, I have had these opportunities. I was always told by my college professors that I was a great writer. And I, mm-hmm. one day I might write a book. And I remember one, my last college professor for English telling me, you have gotten, she goes, I've watched you grown over the course of uh, the semester and you have gotten really good. She goes, one day you're going to be a really, really good writer. Whether you do something with that or not, you get, you're, you're, you're off to a great start. And I was like, oh, thanks. You know, I just wanted the A in the class. But I guess she saw something in me that I didn't see. And, yeah. you know, and so now it was like time for me to, sh- to bring other women together so that they could experience the beauty of expressing themselves, you know, by writing. Right. So that leads us to the um the book that you and I were involved in and, and you being the main author, me being a contributing author, 
But why don't you tell everybody about that book? I do have a thing at the very end that shows it, but we'll talk about it now. Yeah. So the book is Unstoppable, Being Fierce, Fearless, and Unfuckwithable in Life and Business. And the whole part of the project was to uh, bring women of all different backgrounds in, I, I like to say, decades of life together to share words of wisdom for our generation of females today and our generation of females to come. Right. And once something is written, it does not ever go away. Even though we got the internet, you still got to write something to get it on the internet, right? <laughs> so um, that's what the book was really about. And my daughter was um, really instrumental. She was actually the one that kept nudging and putting the bug in me to, you need to do something collaborative. You all, you know, blah, 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 blah. You help so many women. You help my friend. You're, blah, you know, and so, um, and so, I think if it wasn't for her nudging and she was pushing, she was pushing pretty hard. You know, she's like seven inches taller than me. I'm like, maybe not seven, but I'm five, I'm five, seven. She's five eleven. but she was pushing, you know, pretty hard and just nudging me. And I was like, okay, you're right. You're right. Let me see. And let me put it out there. And I put it out there, idea out there. And people were like, yeah, that sounds good. I didn't have a title or anything, but just to do a collaborative book. And then it came about it. I reached out to specific ladies. I targeted specific ladies and some of them I knew. And some of them I didn't know, like you really, I didn't know you just, we were friends on Facebook and um, shared the mission of the project. And you guys said yes. And we have this beautiful now best-selling book. I think one of the things that really took me aback was how much in those weeks of us writing it, the difference in the whole demeanor of those authors. Some of them, I don't think they believed they could do it as much as you did. And it was wonderful to see at the lunch party the difference in, in that, you know, their their confidence. You're right. That oh, that's so good, Vicky, because when we had our initial call, everybody was like deer in the headlights, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, you know what I mean? Our Lawrence party call, everybody could have had a glass of champagne if they wanted to, because they were like, they had went from being, I don't know if I can do this, I'm a little apprehensive, deer in the headlights to I'm the big elk. You know, standing in the middle of the road, you can come at me if you want to, but your car is going to get damaged and I might still get up and walk away, but I want to keep, you know, it was like, it was was totally like, I'm not sure to bring it on. What else you got? And it was great to see because even the quiet ones, Mm -hmm. you know, like were just their energy was just much more very, you know, much more radiant and and very confident, very confident. I love that. I love it that. was definitely a springboard for, I think, greater things to come. So yeah. Deb, we'll be asking them to come on this show as well so that we can learn about more about what each of them. But it, it's just one of the things that just made my heart sing. I thought, oh, this is so great to have those women as well as myself just get that boost of confidence to say, OK, well, I did this. And now what's next? You know, I had never, just like you, thought of writing a book. But it was one of those great practices of when you put your mind to it, you have a deadline. And it wasn't that difficult for for that portion 
obviously right. it gives you that confidence to say, okay, well, I'm going to start saving the tidbits and the tricks and the, t- and the words of wisdom that I hear through life so that I can compile a book for myself, just similar to what you did. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is a, it's a great springboard and it's a great way to get the feel and flow of how, you know, what really writing a book is about. Um, and, you know, working with a publisher and deadlines and things of that nature, our publisher was great. Um, mm. healer publishing was great. And, um, and it made, it made the, it made it affordable. Let me put it this way. It made it more affordable for women that may have been contemplating, you know, I want to write a book. It allowed them to get their feet wet for sure in the mm-hmm. swim from the, you know, from the shallow end to the deep end um, and understand the workings of the project. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing it solo, it's all on you. Right. But you understand about the deadlines and the writing and the this and the that. And I think it's great. It, it, it's it's a great way to uh, to get your feet wet with it being an author, and you know you you are now a best selling author. You have something mm-hmm. that you can show it gives you credibility about what you your message is and what you do, and uh, and that's really powerful. Sometimes you can't even get into a company without having some kind of credibility, right? Yeah, Whether, that's true. You know, you know, bring a book, and you're like, this is my credit. You might be talking about the wall gadgets that that fly off the wall automatically, right? <laughs> Bring a book to them and say, I published, I'm, I'm a published best-selling author and, and here's my book, here's my chapter about how wall gadgets fly off the wall automatically. That company will be like, oh, okay. They won't look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, <laughs> so I true. made that up to be funny, but it just gives you credibility for sure. For sure, no matter what your topic may be. So to kind of springboard off of the whole idea of, you know, getting from point A to point B to write that book, but you help people change their mindset and um, wealth by this ancient holistic principle. Why don't you share a little bit about that? Oh, Ayurveda. So Ayurveda is near and dear to my heart. And I, I, I want to say I started dabbling in Ayurveda when I was about 13, but didn't know what it was. So if you grew up in the late 60s and 70s, there was a show. Oh, dang, I can't even think of the show. But they had a guy on there that did. He was a yogi. Oh, you know what? I know because yeah, you know. I know. <laughs> I know exactly. I have the vision in my head and everything. Anyways, I thought that was like kind of cool and weird, you know, but cool. And um but it just kind of stuck with me. Long story short, I had this 17-year battle where I was sick. And um, I suffered with a digestive con- medical digestive condition, condition that could not be diagnosed by the medical profession. But it was a real condition. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you a little bit about that later if we get time. But at 13, I started like trying to do stuff to make me feel better. So um, I would do like, you know, I was a total tea drinker. I would... Uh, do meditation because I was a type A athlete and highly competitive and that would bring me calmly down. Um, I stopped eating fast foods. I stopped just a lot of stuff. When I was 25, 
I was meditating. I was already a nurse. I already knew what my medical condition was. I was discussing it with the physicians and they just wanted to put me on medication, which I didn't want to do. Um, but I was down meditation, got a download, got the steps and stuff that I had been doing for like, you know, since 13, I want to say in a sequential step. And in nine months, I was able to heal myself holistically and naturally by doing these, this, these nine holistic things. Fast forward, what I discovered was that the things that I was doing was Ayurveda. And the reason why that worked for me was because I was focused on my unique, what they call your dosha. I was focused on my unique dosha. Now, I didn't know anything about this when I was doing <laughs> it, right? But because I was focused on my unique dosha and my digestive system was so out of balance because I'm so full of fire, I needed to calm that fire down and bring it into balance. That nine-step process that I got when I was meditating was the steps that was needed to bring my fire into balance, mm. and thus I birthed that uh, condition. And what it was was it was a stress-induced condition that started when I was eight years old, and by the time I was, I healed myself for divine healing occurred, so to speak. I had a bleeding ulcer that oh, had wow. gone through um, one and a half linings of pretty much of my um, stomach. Yep. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So can you imagine suffering for 17 years? And as I got older, we get worse and more than 10, mm. you know, that, you know, so Ayurveda to me. So anyways, I'm getting off track. I'm so sorry. So with Ayurveda, I, you know, I, once I figured that that's what it was that I was doing, then I got all into it. And then I was head because I was doing facials for my friends in high school, even before I knew Ayurveda using herbs my little money I would make from working at the stationery store, but using herbs to heal their cure, cure their acne. Cause I never had mm-hmm. acne when I was a teenager. So people, mm-hmm. my friends were like, girl, can you hook me up? Sure. Come on over here. Let me, you know, <laughs> doing spa stuff. Right. But uh, what I realized was um, when I discovered what I was doing was Ayurveda based, then I really dived into it and got an advanced degree in that. And I would utilize those principles when I was working with my patients in the emergency department and stuff yeah I mean I had patients I would do meditations while they're having heart attacks and I would watch their you know their cardiac rhythm change from an abnormal rhythm back to normal sinus Mm -hmm. Um, the pain would decrease we would do breathing exercise all kind of stuff you know and uh, I would have some patients come back to me and tell me in the middle of my night shift because I worked nights um that what they, what I shared with them completely changed their life and and that I needed to continue Mm. to share that with people. And so that's when I knew, you know, that I was onto something with holistic medicine. I think I was like 26 and I had already had my first business for four years. So I started, you know, I'm like, how can I use the principles of balancing my body Mm -hmm. with my mind, you know, use it for my mind and use it for amplifying my business. Then I discovered how to do that, and uh, and that business went from being a you know woman owned in a male dominated industry, uh, construction industry, and the only female, to becoming a top fifty woman owned business uh, just a couple of years later in Silicon Valley. So such a wonderful story! Oh my goodness, wasn't well, easy, but it was it was definitely worth it because all. Everything that I went through brings me to the wisdom that I have to share today with everyone that, you know, is interested in, and wants to learn about it. And and people that want to learn more about what you do, talk about your podcast. You, you are doing your Blissful Living podcast every week. So talk about that. It's 10 years of content you have. 
Oh my gosh. So, so Blissful Living show. And now, wow, it just turned, you know, actually now 11 years, we just turned another year, but the Blissful Living show is about wellness, wisdom, and wealth. And I've had, so you think uh, 11 years every week, a lot of guests, a lot of guests, a lot of, you know, and we covered topics that are pertaining to wellness, wisdom, and wealth. And so, um, it's, it, I think it's a great for me because um, there's so many wise people out there that have so much information um, that we all need to hear. Some of it might be a little different for some people to hear. Um, some might be, you know, to- totally against some of what they're saying. But I think it allows people to hear that there's more than one way to do everything. Mm-hmm. And there's more than one way to do everything successful. And you can kind of create your own little recipe. You can take a little bit of this and take a little bit of that and yeah. leave the rest alone. But you, you just never know. There's never one right way to do everything, right? And mm-hmm. so it just allows people to, to share their gifts and people to hear these gifts. And it's beautiful. Like I said, I've had so many people. I've had celebrities on there. I've had professional athletes. I've had uh <laughs> big time musicians. I've had uh, famous people's wives on there. Um, uh, I've had, uh, you know, heads, uh, physicians that are head of school of medicine, universities, um, physicians to celebrities, um, and just regular business people, attorneys, finance people, you got to know how to manage your money, you know, you got to know how to protect your business, your assets, that stuff. But all of that, and, um, and I think, a lot of information um, that has been shared has made a lot of people think differently about things or enhance their wisdom with regards to how to handle things going forward. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many things that you can watch on television or, um, you know, in the papers and things that don't help you, you know, they're, they are supposed to give you information to um, inform, educate, but a lot of times it doesn't do anything to help that mindset or to really make you successful. So it's wonderful that you offer that outlet. Yeah. And you know, what's beautiful is the guests come on wanting to give. So they give and give as much information. It's not about selling anything. It's, you know, uh, of course, if you want to reach out and connect with them on a different level, you, you you know, you can do that. But they really come on the show to share and, you know, give. And we have these conversations, like me and you talk, we have these conversations, like, you know, we've known each other forever, or we're like sitting in the next room, you know, mm-hmm. just chatting. And I've had people say, did you know that person? I'm like, girl, no, I've never met that person <laughs> in my life. I've never seen him. That person was actually in Singapore. What? Y'all sound like y'all knew each other for years. Like you were best friends. Yeah. And that's the kind of conversations we have. And I think when you have conversations like that versus somebody spewing information at you, it's listened, it's heard, and it's received much better. Yeah. It's easier to put yourself in that, the person's place too, you know, and we always say a lot of people want to hear something that what's what, how is it going to help me? You know, what is it going to exactly. do for me? And if you can put yourself into that position and say, Oh my God, if I could have had Rochelle in the hospital with me, whenever I was in there, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. 
All right. We're getting close to the end of our time, but I do have a couple more questions. Um, This one is a fun one. I love to ask this with all my guests. And that is, what are three pieces of advice that you wish you would have known when you were 20 last week or, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, She says she's 29. So, you know, (laughs) three pieces of advice that I wish I would have known when I was 20. Number one, no, 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 what you perceive as a failure is not a failure. It's a learning lesson. And it's a way, it's a way not to do that again, not to make, make that mistake again. Right. Um, number two, you can't control other people, whether they're your spouse, your parents, your kids, you know, I'm okay. 20. I didn't, you know, I didn't have kids, but, um, your friends or whoever you can't control other people. So release the need to control and learn to turn that energy into controlling yourself, meaning controlling your thoughts, because that Mm -hmm. my friends is the only thing that you can control. We can't control breathing. We can't control our heart rate. We can't tr- control our digestive system when we got to go, whatever, right? But you can control your thoughts. That's the only thing we can control. So let go of the need to control mm-hmm. others and turn it into controlling yourself, controlling your thoughts and step forward and you'll be in a much better positive place. And then the third thing um, <laughs> that I would say if I wish I would have known when I was 20 is you don't have to be so focused and driven. Rochelle <laughs> yes. Okay. You don't have to be so focused and driven. Um, life is what it is and it will come to you no matter what, if it's meant to come to you, but being so focused and driven, sometimes you forget to stop and smell the roses mm. to see how good life has been on your journey. So don't be so focused and driven. And stop every once in a while to smell and enjoy the roses. Such good advice. Oh, (laughs) I can absolutely agree with that information. (laughs) So this is the rapid fire time. So I have five words or phrases that I'm going to give to you. And you uh, just come, whatever first comes to your mind, tell me um, why you would choose this item. Okay. So are you a beach or a mountain vacation person? Can I be both? Yeah, you can. I'm both because there's times like I like to go to the beach and then I love the mountains and the trees. So I love the water. I'm an Aquarius, the water bearer. Um, so I love the water, love the beach, but I love the mountains because I love the trees. It brings me a sense of ground. Remember, I'm holistic. So it brings mm-hmm. me a grounding and connection with earth in a different way that the water does. So both. You and I are just like, oh, every time I meet, every time I talk with you, it's like, oh my gosh, we're like sisters here because so, so much alike. I'm absolutely the same way. And both places bring center and calmness to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, I know you're only 29, Mm -hmm. but what is the best memory that brings a smile to your face? Oh, girl, I have so many, but... (laughs) Okay, when I was 19, I got to meet Prince, (gasps) and I was a huge Prince fan, Mm -hmm. huge, 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 huge Prince fan, 
One of my girlfriends was dating a member in the band The Time. And they were in L.A. She was going to Long Beach. And they were in L.A. working on Janet. Uh, two of the guys was working with Janet Jackson when she was getting ready to do her control. She was doing oh. control. And they were filming that video, control. Mm. So we were hanging out with them. Prince happened to be there. I got to meet him. The guy set me up. I was totally embarrassed. Got to meet him. He was such a gentleman. Mm. And, uh, and then I got to be in that Janet Jackson control video, but you can't see me because it's, you know, it's like she's performing in concert. And we're just little spots up by the stage, but you can't see us. But, and that was, it was just like, oh my God, but I was 19. That is, I still remember that today. And I do remember where I was when I heard that Prince passed away. I was sitting, <sighs> on, the beach and, sitting on the beach vacationing in uh, St. Martin and heard that Prince passed away and it just broke mm-hmm. my heart. But, I know. Yeah. So sad. Favorite dessert? Oh, girl, everything's sweet. <laughs> um, I'm a sugarholic, so I like pies. I like, ooh, I, from creme brulee to peach cobbler to cherry pie to <laughs> key lime to chocolate cake, rum cake, pound cake, seven up cake. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> cupcakes, cookies, chocolate, it, it, every time, you know, I don't think I've had a dessert that I've met that I haven't liked. Yeah. So everything, everything's sweet and luscious. Yep. <laughs> All right. You have nothing to do today. What is your favorite pastime? To read. Yeah. Let me, let me take it. Let me take it a step further for the listeners to draw a bath put my favorite uh, essential oil in the bath as it's running. It might be rose, lavender, something like that. Light four candles so I could have one at each spot, you know, around the bathtub. I completely turn off the lights um, and have just enough light so I could read. Probably not right for my eyes, but you know, when you're 29. Uh, but just enough light so I can read, see the words on the book, and sit there with my favorite book and just... Close nice. to roll out for 20 minutes, 30 minutes to the water gets cold sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what kind of day I had, right? Sometimes yeah. you know what kind of day I have, might have a glass of wine. I was just going to say, there should be wine there, I yes, think. Yes, I think there should be some wine. Definitely. But yeah, that's my favorite thing. And if I don't, if I don't have time to take the bath and just simply reading, lighting a candle, uh, diffusing um, an essential oil, and again, having a glass of wine, um, yeah, that that's I could yeah do that all day long. Mm, so relaxing. Mm-hmm. The last is your best gift ever. One that I I've given or one that I've received. Either one, either one would be fine. Ah, the best gift I've received, of course, my kids. Um, but I think I would like to focus on the best gift I've given which was when the Range Rovers came, uh, they, they changed the body style of the Range Rovers. I want to say, maybe uh, it's somewhere in the 2000s to kind of how they are now, the new mm-hmm. body style versus the old one that we used to see, used to see in the British movies and stuff. And uh, my husband wanted a Range Rover and he had torn up his knee and had to have knee surgery Um and couldn't drive, was literally couldn't drive for like months, like eight months. And so as a gift to him, I said, when you're able to walk without those crutches and bend that knee, I will get you as a gift, that brand new Range Rover. 
And I did that. I got him a black on black Range Rover that he rarely drove. So I started driving it all the time. But, so it was a gift for him, but it ended up being a gift for me because I took the car. But but that was the best gift because it was something very expensive. And um, it was something very expensive. And I had no thoughts of apprehension of giving that to him because, you know, it it was what he wanted. And that's just the kind of person I um, am so so cool yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of that way too I like to give gifts more than receive I it's always have to for me, I think. Work. yeah I'm not such a great gift receiver I have to work <laughs> on that all right so would um, I have a slide that I want to share and it's has your free gift information and your contact information so that the folks can get prepared now to take a screenshot and um, let me just do that. All right. So why don't you tell them about your free gift? Okay. So the dream life journal, what I do is both of living is I balance your pillars of wellness, wisdom, and wealth. So you can step in to living your dream life. And that really unblocks your bliss for you. And so the dream life journal is a journal that I created to help you go through um, and really decide what does your dream life look like to you. A lot of people have um, in their heads that they're living, I mean, that they, they have their dream life, but what does it actually look like to you? Um, it allows you to really analyze you know are you living your dream life are you are do you have your dream life um and the game of life is constantly changing so what was your dream life five years ago may not be your dream life today so as you go through this dream life journal you will um, you will discover some things about yourself that you may have even thought that you dreamed about. And it's really beautiful. And it's something that once you go through it, it's a keepsake. So you can keep it. You can go back and refer to it. Um, it's, it's designed to help uplift you no matter where you are in your life. And something for you to constantly go back and look at and read to keep you on track. Oh, sounds awesome. I will have to get one of those too. And it's free. So yeah. Yeah. Free yeah. gift. Best. The best. Here you see on the screen um, your website, as I mentioned earlier, as uh, your contact information. You're v- available on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. And I encourage everybody to uh, watch her or listen to her podcast. The date that you show that is generally what? Mondays. Monday. Mondays at about 6.30 a.m. Central standard time the new show will be released for that week so cool all righty so i have one more thing to show and that is our book (laughs) i should have did the one with all of the authors i'll have to switch out that but um, did you you not get the other one with that just had you with your chapter Oh, I do have that one. I I can, I have them all. I've been putting them all over Facebook, right? Yeah. And that's such a cute picture. I love it. I love it. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you for being my guest today. I'll just stop sharing so we can just say some parting thank yous, but it's been so wonderful. I mean, whenever I first was on your podcast, I thought, oh, I have to do this again with you. And 
And the timing just is perfect. We can talk about, uh, have this release so that we can still talk about our book, as well as I'm sure that people are going to listen, tune in on your podcast on Mondays, as well as check out your website and definitely go for that free gift. You um, have been a wonderful guest and I just appreciate all the time that you took. Thank you, Vicki, for having me. And I appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.